World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's the show. Welcome. Oh, one of my guests has a bad echo, and I can hear my voice clearly through their headphones or something. Oh, it's turning down now. This is the monologue part, though. No, I can still hear me. I don't know which of you it is, but uh, I don't know. Maybe turn your headphones down, or if you don't have headphones in, you should plug them in. I should have gone over all of this before the show, uh, but it doesn't matter. We're in it. This is the this is the new way of things. We just kind of roll with whatever horrible thing happens, uh, even if it's a total disaster, like, for example, uh, audio problems with the podcast, the worst possible thing that could happen. Nothing has happened worse than that ever, and never will. Uh, la la la, I can't hear you. I'm gonna cover my eyes like those monkeys that make that point. The, uh, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil? That's the one, and it's always represented by monkeys. Uh, there's emojis of it. You guys know. Anyway, that's, this isn't the emojis Emoji Podcast. Yes, there is an Emoji Podcast hosted by the wonderful people over at Emojipedia, uh, and this isn't that, but uh, I also haven't listened to that one, so I can't really recommend it. But anyway, here's this show. Uh, we talk about creepypastas every week, and I always have two guests on, and those guests this week are Emma Goodman. That's me! And Alex Capello. Hey, everybody! And the story we're talking about, this is another big, long, weird story, and it is called called Boraska. Uh, and that is... What did we decide that was? It was like a Spanish word for uh, storm or something? Uh, anyway, it's an old mining term. Uh, but before we get to that, please listen to this intro. Uh, intro? No. Uh, this advertisement. This advertisement for Lifemark. It's Lifemark, a made-for-TV podcast. Each week, two friends plus occasional guests watch the best and worst made-for-TV movies that Lifetime and the Hallmark Network have to offer. These movies have it all. Bad boyfriends, adopted babies, crimes of passion, women who own gluten-free bakeries. Watch along with us and subscribe to Lifemark on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Oh, that was a great ad. Yeah, and we mean it that time. And, <laughs> like we actually heard the ad during the thing. Yeah, uh, and um, I need to go actually take a break and help out with something in my home. Uh, I'll be back in like five minutes. I'll just cut this part out of the show. You guys could. T- <laughs> in fact, if you guys just want to talk amongst yourselves, uh, maybe I'll leave it in. I don't know. I'll be right back. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh my god, wow. It's like the teacher left the classroom unattended. Oh no, everybody riot, throw a party, (laughs) woo! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So this time I took some notes because last time we recorded, uh, I completely like wasn't really prepared. I was like oh, I yeah. forgetting like the names of the towns. I was like, I couldn't remember specific things, but so now I'm like I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this weird story. Uh, this weird, scary story. Um, and ready to get right into it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm super excited because I had time to go back and reread it a couple times. Yeah. And there's stuff that I did not even notice on my first read through that just makes it that much more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, after the first time reading it, I didn't think that could happen, especially after chapter four. But no, no, it could. It gets so much worse. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like kind of uh, like everything that's been going on with our political climate it has been like yeah uh like i when like when i got to reread it um this past week i was like well this is what uh this is like what donald trump will lead us into probably yeah like this is basically like the worst case scenario for you know us basically mm-hmm. in this new this new regime it's kind of it's it's weirdly on topic now which is kind of scary yeah all um like all week i've been like i've been like asking everybody like is we're gonna be okay right like everything's gonna be all right like nothing's gonna change that much we hope in, uh, at least in the next four years <laughs> yeah it's it's really rough because you know my my parents both voted for trump and uh, i've been having a hard time coming to grips with it because like i know they're good people oh yeah i mean like you know <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i i don't really i, I definitely don't want to be one of those people who's like all trump supporters are racist and yeah sexist. Exactly, because exactly. and I, I actually listened to the Cracked podcast uh, coming back from Boston the other day, and they they actually made a lot of good points. Um, they basically they talked about like how did we get here, and um, like and like and like why is it that um, it seems like half of the country uh, <laughs> lost its mind when you're when you're living in a, in a liberal bubble, and you know I mean I, I live yeah. in New York, and you know uh, and I'm like yeah everything's been going great for us New Yorkers for the last like eight years like I think everything's great right now so of course I'm going to vote for the candidate who is most likely going to uphold that and um, and you know and he really uh, he really played to a lot of uh, concerns that people say living in the Midwest who like where their economy wasn't really helped by the Obama administration that much and um, yeah and like so I, I, I when you think of it in those terms like I understand it especially like when you think about like you know, people in the Midwest probably, um, and this might be a sweeping generalization, but to someone who, like, is a laid-off steelworker, like, they might not be sexist or racist. They might, like, you know, yeah. love all people and creeds equally, but, you know, what their priority is, is, you know, finding work, you know? Yeah, at this point, it's, it, I've been reading a lot of those articles, too, and yeah. it just sounds like, you know, the climate in the Midwest is just so <clears throat> desperate. Like, they, they feel the same way those of us living in the metropolitan areas felt, you know, mm-hmm. eight years ago. And, like, I saw one of the particular, particularly interesting things I saw was, um, a progressive time map of new job creations from like, I think it started in like 2000 and went through present day in like five year time chunks. Mm -hmm. And the new job creation in the Midwest has just completely stagnated. There's, there's nothing for them from like the last six years on. It's, 
and you know it, it sucks because you yeah. never want to find yourself in that kind of a situation I remember you know myself and my friends after we graduated college you know being concerned about our job prospects because there wasn't really anything even like then and that was for us like six years ago yeah absolutely I mean yeah like my my company didn't like exist like four years ago um, but you know I yeah so it's like yeah when you, when you think about that you know and you think about it with empathy and I think that's going to be the key dealing with this situation yeah it's for totally the agree. next four years is like you know being empathetic to other people who feel like they haven't been heard and you know and just like trying to prove that you know there's still goodness in the world and like you yeah know, and, and obviously like the Democratic Party has to mobilize and has to like try to take back the Senate in 2018 um, you know and then like looking forward in like the next four years like you know find a candidate who like if not Bernie because Bernie might be too old but like you know right. a candidate who like will speak to you know progressive values but also you know shake up you know like be the you know big the be the big like anti-establishment candidate i guess i mean i, I guess it depends on like where things are yeah it's gonna definitely. be it's gonna be an interesting four years to be sure and the next the next election is gonna definitely be interesting just as interesting as this one if not more so i think depending on the way things go yeah exactly um yeah like i said i mean um i don't know i'm hopeful i'm, I'm really hopeful that we'll that something good will happen in like in, in 2018 um and if not you know hopefully if trump isn't successful which i doubt he will be because if you actually like look at his policies and look at the things he said he's yeah. not going to be good he's not going to be any better for the midwest i mean he ran on no. that kind of platform but you know i mean i, I hope that he's a successful president and that he doesn't get us all nuked but um, right yeah like yeah like as long as so, it doesn't devolve into some kind of you know fascist dictatorship we can consider that a win mm -hmm. uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, so basically, like, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, that like to the 2020 election will be very different for us. Um, and, you know, I like I, you know, I supported Bernie Sanders in the primary. Um, I, you know, I love Bernie and I and yeah, I'm also disappointed he didn't get the nomination. But, I, you know, I just kind of assumed like, oh, OK, like everyone, I mean, everyone's just going to vote for Hillary then. And like, that's not the case. Yeah, no. And it's like. And to me, one of the most disappointing things is just the overall voter turnout this year, because it's mm -hmm. it's never I mean, it's never really great. The percentages of, you know, eligible voters that actually do turn out. But for 46 percent of the people to stay home. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. And there to me, at least there there are bigger things going on with the system that we probably need to look at reforming. Yeah. But because I mean, for one, I don't understand why we don't have why don't why we don't allow for early voting in all states and like even electronic voting. Like, why isn't there a website mm -hmm. <laughs> that people can log into and vote? Because for some areas, it's part of the problem. Like you have states that only have eight polling places. Uh 
Yeah. Like it's it's prohibitive to certain people. To, I mean, why aren't really we making be it a easier? National holiday. It, should, it really means to just that be a national too. holiday. Like yeah. like you know, you see like the I think I think John Oliver like did a show um a couple weeks ago. I didn't I didn't watch last week's show and I can't now because it'll just be so sad to see like him be hopeful. <laughs> but um yeah, he had a show a couple weeks ago where like one of the things he talked about is like how is it still a thing that like voting on a Tuesday like that that's a thing and but it's not like a holiday that everyone has has off from work you know is is jeff back did i hear jeff wrestling around maybe sorry about that i'm back it's all right we talked about politics (laughs) okay cool i'll leave that in the show oh god Uh, oh great um maybe i won't i don't know i've been listening to it you you make the call you make the call i yeah (laughs) yeah yeah uh, oh, you know, I can add a timeline footnote here. Oh, good job. Add timeline footnote. Nice. Uh, Jeff comes back. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> um, is back. And then, um, I guess let's just get into recapping Baraska. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma, why don't you start us off? Great. Okay. So, Baraska, or Baraska, um, however you want to pronounce it, um, is the... Very creepy story. Um, reading it, like, it doesn't really get too scary until the end. It's, and like, really what's, what's scary about it is, like, the implications of things and, like, the, like, what's kind of going on behind the scenes. Um, it's the story of a, uh, boy, um, who moves with his family to a small town in the Ozarks of Missouri. Uh, the town has a weird kind of Twin Peaks vibe, um, in, like, in the, like, every day, or, or not every day, but, but sometimes they hear this very weird, loud, mechanical, scary sound, um, coming from far off, uh, where they, be- like, they believe it's, um, some kind of abandoned mine. Um, and, like, the kids are really freaked out about it, and people go missing, but it, it seems like the kids are the only people who really care. Like, why is that? What's all that about? We don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah, it's, uh, the whole thing's divided into four parts, and I guess the, uh, the first one sort of introduces some sort of, uh, I guess like Stephen Kingish, Stranger Things or It type of uh, young people doing a mystery. Um, uh, we discuss we uh, spoil. Uh, mm, I guess behind the scenes knowledge for the listener is uh, we had technical difficulties, but we did start recording this episode before, and I believe we noticed the discrepancy that in the uh, No Sleep podcast audio version that I listened to, the characters were aged up. Mm-hmm. Um, the main character, Sam, in the text story is nine, and his best friend, Kyle, is ten, and in the version I listened to, they were twelve and thirteen. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know why they made that change. Well, but, at, least uh, in the, at least in the first part. In the second part, the second part, there's like a, a big like skip kind of like between the like first and second part of Naruto where they get aged up. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, oh man, I just like got so much nerd cred for referencing naruto uh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah the the first one ends with um with the main character sam's sister disappearing uh and it sort of ends on a um 
uh, what do you call it? A cliffhanger with we hear the big metal sound again happening. Yeah, which which uh, seems to indicate that like the missing the people who have gone missing from the town have been killed or dismembered or both. I mean, I imagine if you're being dismembered, you're being killed. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it seems likely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do we get in? Do, do they get into the stuff about like the skinned men and and that in the uh, first part, or is that later? They, I believe. Um, I'm actually doing a quick command F. Yeah, they they mention it. They mention it in the first part. Um, they they actually the kids mention it when um, so kid, so Sam our main character moves to town and he very quickly makes friends with two very adorable redheaded children named uh, Kyle and Kimber who I believe is Jem's sister. Um, yeah, Jem Jem's uh, yeah Jem's sister. Jem's Kimber. younger sister, and uh, which actually like was our big tell that the author is probably a woman. <laughs> um, yeah, we <laughs> last time last time I think we were like so who wrote this like we were we were wondering. Like, like, is it, who is it? Is it just like a typical no sleep contributor? Um, anyway, uh, it's I digress. An author named C.W. Walker. Yes. Uh, and I think she's, I think she's written a bunch of stuff on no sleep and elsewhere. Yes. I, yeah. I think you've mentioned that she's, she's very prolific um, and pretty well known. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they, so they get into, they kind of, when like Kyle and Kimber start hanging out with Sam, that's one of the first things that they like tell him about or is, is this kind of creepy. Uh, thing that's going on, like this kind of creepy thing that I guess the the kids feel is probably an urban legend, um, and uh, part of it is uh, entails the skinned men. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good words in this, mm-hmm. like the skinned men and Baraska are both like creepy things. And then there's uh, oh, what is the name of the the tree? The triple tree? The triple yeah, tree. The triple tree. Uh, yeah, that's also pretty good. Uh, yeah, and then like we said, there's a big time skip to part two, and the rest of the story takes place after this time skip. Uh, Alex, do you want to lead us through um, part two? Yeah, sure. So part two, it's like um, seven years or so after part one. So all of the main characters are teenagers now. Uh, the main character, Sam, has a job at the local sandwich shop which doesn't seem to be doing so well financially, um, but it still continues to operate at the behest of the one of the major families in town, the Prescotts. Um, and there's some weird interactions with uh, the main patriarch, I guess, at this point, of the Prescott family and Sam's boss at the, the sandwich shop, which is a little bit weird. Um... And mostly they're kind of just being normal teenagers. There's still some questions about Sam's sister's disappearance, whether or not Sam really bought into the official story of his sister running away with her ex-boyfriend from back home. Um, and it be- yeah, 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 that's sort of the, the explanation they give was like, she was like 15 or 16 and had a boyfriend before they moved. Oh, uh, that must be where she went. And they like question him and he doesn't know anything. Yeah. And then, you know, and it's like really weird because like Sam looks up the boyfriend on social media and, um, it's like everything kind of indicates no, like he's just like living his life. He didn't, he didn't run off with my sister at all. That's really sketchy that, 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we've mentioned. So Sam's dad is actually, uh, a, well, he, when they moved to the town, he is a, he's, um, made a police officer or he, he is a police officer who like transfers, um, to Drisking, uh, Missouri. And, um, in between parts one and part two, he gets promoted to sheriff. And that's kind of a big part of the story. Um, and especially as like the kids like start investigating more and more and they have to come up against Sam's father and confront him, um, especially as it becomes more and more evident that uh, things definitely aren't what they seem and things definitely aren't being uh, things are definitely being hidden and uh, covered up. Yeah, it's um, there's sort of this it, there's just like a general sense of menace that you get in this type of story. Like you can't trust the adults, like mm-hmm. not even your parents, um, which I kind of like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's really interesting and cool. Um, yeah. Especially if like we compare it to stranger things where and, like stranger things is like one of the few um, shows of its kind where not all of the adults are completely useless. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, I guess um, we don't get much of that in much of the sort of main theme of of Stranger Things uh, in this. Yeah, uh, which is that you should believe women when they tell you things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, whereas in this, I guess mm, I'm not sure if I find any point uh, in this story. Like it was entertaining to read, and I've grown so cynical about creepy pastas that I'm like, oh yeah, this is a pretty good one but like holding it up to the standard of all media mm, not great yeah i mean <laughs> yeah like why yeah um okay what uh what happens next oh someone's uh someone's cousin disappeared um like they they talk about it like they they like talk yeah. about the disappearances some, yeah, some, there's some girl disappears like five years ago mm-hmm. like during the time skip area and there's there's a lot more references to the distrust of the adults like there's the one interaction that sam has with uh mira his boss's husband and he starts asking him about like the skin men baraska and he the guy just ends up seeming kind of evasive and kimber makes reference to how tom prescott makes her feel deeply uncomfortable and has since the fifth grade like he's just watching her constantly yeah he's he's a creep uh and like only trust the kids uh was it kyle and kimber are dating now which seems like a uh, weird choice but uh whatever (laughs) (laughs) like maybe maybe the epilogue where they're all adults oh just wait (laughs) (laughs) just wait for it to get uncomfortable oh spoiler Spoiler alert, we're not quite there yet, but, um... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say, uh, if you've gotten this far in this episode and you're thinking, I want to check out this story, uh, if you are at all squeamish about violence towards women or sexual abuse, don't, uh, read it. Just don't. Just don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if you can tolerate that kind of thing, then it's fine. Go ahead and read it. Uh, but if you don't like it, don't read it. I feel bad that I did not screen it before presenting it to my guests. Uh, I was just like, yeah, we'll all read this story at the same time. Whereas I probably should have read it and been like, uh, I don't know if I want to cover this story. But, uh, well, too deep now. Um, well, you've already committed. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, 
Um, yeah, Kyle and Sam just seem to uh, smoke weed and hang out, uh, and they don't really do anything, and they're kind of burnout losers. And then they go. Do they go check out Veraska again? They they go like see scr- Old Man Prescott in yeah. in part two and try and get some answers from Old Man Prescott about uh, Mira and her kids and uh, her her missing uncles, not her children. Yeah, because um, mm. her uncles were the children. ones that died. Yeah, in the the one mine collapse, her uncles were the ones that went missing and kind of started this whole thing in town with. Baraska and like the tainted water or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. They they mentioned that. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that they they mentioned that like a while ago there was some kind of ore leak um, and uh, like polluted the water. Um, and Mira is having some fertility problems, which uh, you know they get into that with Sam. <laughs> which is <laughs> some like, I guess we'll just talk about this with you. <laughs> yeah, just, like weird. Like oh, okay, um, like. Like, kind of inappropriate conversations to have with a teenage boy yeah, you know, about your, your marital problems <laughs> with your teenage employee um, <laughs> and like my, one of my favorite like lines is about how like like at the end of chapter one at least in the text version like Sam has this like Sam is narrating and he says like that was the last happy time of my life and then it's like and then it jumps and he's like a teenager and he's like smoking pot and hanging out with his friends at the lake all the time and I'm like well okay Sam <laughs> like, yeah, it seems like maybe you were happy for a little while. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. All right, Sam. Like, um, <laughs> Sam, so yeah, so Sam's kind of that guy. He's a little emo. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, and then things get even more emo when at the end of uh, part two, seemingly for no reason, Kimber's mom jumps off of a hospital. Yep. Yeah. And everyone everyone talks about how depressed she always was and like we don't really see a whole lot of that. Um like Kyle's always talking about how like his, her mom doesn't like that the two of them are dating, things like that. Um and in part 3, like there there's a little bit of speculation. Kyle's like, "Well, did I contribute to that?" No. And um part 3 basically goes through uh the funeral and um, the kids are investigating more things and asking more questions and Sam's asking questions of his father. Like, so like, why, why would this happen? Why would she just kill herself? And his father is like, Oh no, she was, you know, she's been depressed for a really long time, son, which they don't really buy. Yeah, the thing that sort of kicks off the doubt uh, in this part is uh, Sam hears either, I forget whether it's Mi- Mr. Destero, uh, Kimber's dad, or whether it's uh, Sam's dad who uh, mentions a suicide note and then denies it later. It's like, oh no, there wasn't a note. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, yeah, like Kimber overhears her father and Sam's father talking about it and like here's a mention of, of a note and then. Yeah, and then the denial of the note is what, uh, is what makes the kids suspicious. Uh, whereas they could have been like, yeah, here's the note. She typed it up on the computer and this is it. And it says, I was sad. Goodbye. Don't worry. There's no conspiracies. Yeah, I mean, do you and- think they would have like done that if they really wanted to cover it up? Like that, like wouldn't they, they should have done that, but all right, whatever. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a sheriff. Like, this is a case of like parents still blindly trusting that their kids are just going to believe anything that they say, even though they're teenagers now, and that only happens when you're still like nine or ten. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's so odd, cause, like, the adults have been running this weird conspiracy for, like, dozens of years, and they don't seem capable at all. It's like they're the most <laughs> bumbling, it's the most bumbling, uh, the most bumbling, like, human slavery sex ring Spoiler. in the world. Well, spoilers! <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Listen. Uh, if they're <laughs> listening to it, they know it's all, this is the spoilers show. This is the spoilers We spoil show. twists and creepypastas. Um, but yeah, I guess that gets us into, um, into part four. Part three ends with another, uh... Kimber disappears. Yeah, yes. Kimber disappears, like, they're they're at the funeral for Kimber's mom, and they're like, all right, Kimber, you bounce, and then go back to your house and find that note in your dad's office. And they make and up then- a really convoluted plan. <laughs> I was yeah. super convoluted. It was the worst plan. But, I mean, you can't blame them when their examples of planning are equally awful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they manage to pull it off, and she goes and gets the note, but then she uh, disappears. Um, and nobody is suspicious about it at all. Like, all the adults are like, oh, I guess she ran away. Ooh. It's like, no, well, no. That's she, normal like, here. The, yeah. The, car, the cars are, the car is still there. The car that she took to the house is still there. Uh, ha- like, the door was wide open. Like, investigate it, which I guess, obviously, they have an ulterior motive not to investigate it. Yeah, Sam's but it's dad still- is literally like, oh, no, like, you don't know how people react to grief. Maybe they just needed to get out of town for a little bit, which is like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, dude. Yeah, it's real goofy. Um, there, this is like another example of like the adults assume that the kids are just not gonna care at all. And I guess like, are all the adults in town in on this scam? I think so. Yeah, I think that's because the implication. I think, yeah, they they mention this whole thing kind of started in the fifties. So basically, mm. the current generation in town of the adolescents would be the first generation that is the product of this awful, you know, sex trafficking ring. Yeah, and that's what we get into into uh, in part four, is they find out that uh, all of these girls have been getting kidnapped uh, for uh, all these years uh, because of the infertility problems from the mind collapse. Um, they started kidnapping children and uh raping them and getting them pregnant the prescotts so they're all like prescott babies uh and then selling the kids to the families in town which is the craziest thing like i was like hold on what all the children with red hair and k names are the children of uh, like it's the former sh- sheriff. The former sheriff. It's the former sheriff and uh, Mr. Prescott who like have been doing this. So, haha, Kyle and Kimber are brother and sister. Yeah, I didn't even. I actually didn't even catch that. But yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah, and which is kids- why her mother hated their relationship so much because you know uh, incest. Gross. Uh, yeah, it's it's so like why would the children, uh, the like younger people. People. Did they just like pick a family that had just moved to town and steal their kids first? Because uh, wouldn't 
all everybody be infected by the tainted drinking yeah, water? Well, yeah, like and kids with kids. I think they said like kids with pee names and like brown hair are like the kids of uh, Mr. Prescott. Then yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That makes sense. They have a friend named yeah. Paul. They have like a and like I think there's like a Phil or something like. Well, um, yeah, Kyle's younger brother that looks nothing like him is called Parker. Right. Yeah. So uh, they're not even actual brothers, most likely. Weird. So like, yeah, I just want to know, like, did like so Kyle like that's like another thing. So Kyle has a younger brother who's like who's like uh, not that much younger than him. It's like so. Wait, do you not remember that your mom was never pregnant? Like, yeah, I guess. Did not. you know? Like, <laughs> do they just kind of be like, we're going to adopt a baby? Or, like, because they don't ever like talk about that. And you'd think like all the kids who have younger siblings would be like, oh yeah, <laughs> wait, we're all adopt. Like, all of our siblings are adopted. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, or. Uh- at least, like, have the women wear fake bellies. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, Mira goes from being like, I'm infertile, to at the end of the story being like, I just had a baby. Uh, excuse me, but like, two two weeks ago, you couldn't have babies, and now suddenly you've gestated your own entire baby? <laughs> uh, like, their planning is so bad. You gotta not talk about your fertility problems, first of all. And second wait nine months between being like i'm pregnant and getting the baby yeah i I guess the babies aren't made to order yeah yeah like custom babies custom built baby i don't know like you don't put in a request and then get the baby nine months later they're just like okay you get the next one that pops out congrats yeah, and they're, it's just sort of like two old dudes keeping like a bunch of women chained up in a barn, so I guess they don't really know anything about how any of it works, or like when the babies are due, they're just like, well, one's coming now. Uh, it's all poorly planned and like designed for shock value, and I I don't like it. Because uh, that's the other thing. After they pop out a couple babies, and they're like, uh, we're done with you, they throw them into like a m- big metal rock smasher called the Shiny Gentleman. Uh, uh. Yeah. And that's what the big metal grinding sound is, is uh, moms from the sex trafficking ring being ground up into dust. It's like the most outlandishly horrible, like, gruesome horror concept. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's. I mean, I know, I know it's, it's pretty terrifying, and I, and I definitely see that it could be, like, triggering even to someone, but, like, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very outlandish, it's very, and not very well, like thought out by the people doing this you know like it's very it's very convoluted it's very convoluted just like completely evil thing yeah i guess it's supposed to be like a twist in the story because you kind of expect that it's gonna there's gonna be monsters uh reading a story called baraska about like kids who go bike in the woods you're like oh they're gonna get kidnapped by like a chupacabra or something but no it's just like oh it turns out the sheriff has just like been hoarding uh a bunch of women and getting them pregnant and selling the babies and then throwing them into a wheat thresher like uh hold on I was I was sold a bill of goods here. I was expecting a fun story. Maybe Tim Curry would show up as a clown. <laughs> like, 
it's instead we just get this like horrible sexual violence uh twist yeah. yeah i was definitely expecting something more like blair witchy especially when they do the the ritual at the triple tree in the beginning and they have to you know you have to say the words otherwise you'll disappear and you know the words are sufficiently creepy like what is it underneath the triple tree there is a man that waits for me and should i go or should i stay my fate's the same either way like that doesn't read sex trafficky to me personally yeah, that's, that's just like, like oh which is gonna you know put you in her pot and eat you or something yeah that's like slender man kind of shit you know um yeah yeah we i i expected a, a slender man type yeah monster. same same but instead the monster was the friends we made along the way <laughs> the monster oh. the town was the monster <laughs> Uh, yeah, people was the monster. Yeah. It turns out. Yeah, and it, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole story. That's it. That's all of it. Like they go, they find the barn full of like crying pregnant women. They find Kimber, um, and then they like kill the bad guys. And uh, well, no, they don't kill. They kill one of them, right? Uh, Do they kill the old sheriff or Jimmy Prescott? I don't know if he ends up dying. I know they they beat Kyle up pretty badly. Yeah, to the point that he's like in a permanent vegetative state. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and then our main character, Sam, just escapes uh, and goes he away. He lives in a hotel for a while, and then when he runs out of money, he's just kind of homeless for a while, and then he gets gets the fuck out of Dodge. Um, but he, yeah, basically, um, he goes to see Kyle one last time. Um, his, like, uh, the line is, um, yeah, the Kyle I knew was dead and only his empty husk remained. Um, and he goes to see him one last time before he leaves and finds in Kyle's possession the note that was written by Kimber's mother when she committed suicide explaining the whole plot, explaining the whole thing, basically, that... Um, that, like, all the kids are, like, the product of this awful human trafficking ring, and, uh, the, and the former sheriff and Mr. Prescott are the ones who fathered all of the children in the town, except for Sam, because he's, he is an outsider. Um, love always and forever, mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, this is where we're revealed the P for Prescott's and K for the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, what was the sheriff's last name that it was a K? His first name is um, Killian, I think. Yeah. Mm. It's like Killian oh. Cleary. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, so that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's, hmm. It says specifically, don't tell anyone and don't keep this letter, don't look back. Uh, and she instead keeps the letter and sends it to <laughs> Sam. Um, does, like, Kimber escapes, right? Yeah. That's the implication. Okay. Because yeah, the letter's yeah, yeah. like postmarked from yeah. Florida or something, someplace elsewhere. California, yes. yeah. Uh, okay, that's good. She, uh, so, like, Kimber escaped, uh, Kyle ends up, uh, in a ve- permanent vegetative state, Sam does drugs a bunch, and that's, like, it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> so, uh, what did we think of this story? <laughs> um, you know, I'd be, I'd be really interested, I, I didn't get the chance to do it this week, but I, I'd like to actually listen to the version you heard um, on the no, on the it, the No Sleep podcast, you said because yep. I'm yeah. yeah they uh they produced an actual it was basically like an audio drama version where all the lines by the characters were by different actors. Oh, cool. Like yeah, I mean I'd be interested to listen to it um to see if like maybe that experience is 
was more um I like I we talked last time about how like we we I think I I believe that um maybe the author was workshopping this still when she was posting it on no sleep um yeah cuz it it doesn't hang together very well but the audio version doesn't really have any significant details changed yeah uh it was just like their age at the beginning which might have just been a practical concern because it's hard to sound like uh much younger than 12 when you're an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... No Sleep definitely has a vibe of, like, I've written this, given it oh, maybe a once-over, spent no more than, like, a week on it, and posted it, like, for fun. Which is fine. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. Um, Alex, what did you think of this story? Um, I mean, it held together pretty well for me up until, like, the last chapter and probably midway through chapter three. Um, like, I really like chapter one and chapter two, and after that, it just kind of went off the rails a little bit for me, just with how willfully ignorant the adults seemed about everything in spite of these kids trying to shove all this evidence in their face. Yeah, ex- yeah, agreed. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think it would have been more effective if, they, if the author had made an effort to show that the adults were, like, malicious and not just turning a blind eye or incredibly stupid. Um, but, like, I still don't know. I finished the story and I don't know whether Sam's dad knew about it or not. I think, I think it's implied yeah. that he did because, you know, Sam's sister ends up in there and Prescott makes reference to his sister putting out uh, bad babies. And mm. Sam's father at one point also s- makes some kind of statement to the effect of he'll never let anyone else touch her. Which implies that to get the promotion to sheriff, Sam's father sold Whitney uh-huh. into this sex trafficking ring, and Sam's father has actually been the one impregnating her this entire time. Hence, Mira's oh, baby being named William oh. for Walker. Very. Oh, I completely missed that. I can- yeah, I didn't catch that at all, but that makes sense why she keeps putting out that. Yeah. Too. Horrifying. Oh, that's awful. Okay, so maybe there's a little more subtlety and intrigue going on here than I had first expected. Uh, it's still horrible. Like, the whole... Like, it's it's a concept that doesn't uh, delight me in its horribleness the way a good horror story should. Right. Uh, like, you mentioned Blair Witch, and we talked about the new Blair Witch movie on, um, on this show a while ago, and that is about a ghost monster murdering a bunch of people in the woods, and I found it delightful. Like, I was cackling in the theater as I watched the movie. (laughs) Because, like, it's not, it's not real, it's not, like, a real type of violence that happens. It's, like, totally removed from reality, whereas this is, like, hey, what if this horrible thing that happens in some parts of the world was happening in Missouri? Yeah. Uh, And it was just, it made me uncomfortable. 
Yeah, it, it's uh, agreed, so- agreed. Like that's that's pretty much like the same reaction. I, I mean, like I I was like into it because you know I like stories about kids, um, like investigating things and being kids, um, and you know I you know I love Stranger Things and ET and those kinds of stories. Um, but yeah, like around yeah around um, chapter. Or around like midway through, midway or like towards the end of chapter two and chapter three, I was kind of like, um, yeah, like this is <laughs> what's happening. What's, this is why does it, why do the adults care? Like what? I mean, and I guess like if if they're all in on it, that's intentional. But like, y- like you can only like hope that your kids stay ignorant for that long. And I I'd like to think that most adults know that. Um, yeah, it was. Uh- I, I agree that, like, the beginning parts are really good. It's got that kind of fun, just, like, child mystery team thing going on. But once they actually start to uncover the mystery, I'm like, hold on, this mystery makes no sense and is totally horrible. Like, why couldn't it just be a Slender Man? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I was really hoping it would be, like, a like a scary monster-like thing. Yeah, like, the yeah, Prescott's like- made a contract with some kind of mountain demon, and the mountain's demon has been doing all this stuff around the town in exchange for financial success. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that would be great. Like, the they have to feed children to uh, some kind of slendered man, uh, and he makes them rich and, like, keeps worse monsters away. And that would be better, because then we don't find out what happens to the, uh, the disappeared kids, which is way spookier. Yeah. Uh, and you can even have it be like, like a changeling thing where like ooh the we don't know where these kids are coming from the demon just brings them sometimes oh yeah like that would be great like i mean i i, I wouldn't mind like oh yeah like the the mind collapsed and the the ore leak um made everyone infertile but so we made this deal with the demon for financial success and children and uh, like once we like once we're like with our children for a certain amount of time, then we have to like get rid of the older one or whatever. Like that would be pretty cool. Um, that'd be like a pretty pretty cool bent to it. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, instead, we got, <laughs> instead we got this upsetting version. Uh, what it? What's the, what's the the spookiest part? Uh, Alex first. Oh, um, I mean, honestly, the the first moment that really stuck out to me as being spooky was when they're talking about Kimber's mother's suicide and how she made them two trays of lasagna and a meatloaf before she mm. did it. Like just the fact that her suicide was so premeditated and she went to the hospital specifically so that no one in her family would have to find her body in you know whatever state of horrifyingness it would be in she said i'm sorry to the emt that found her yeah like that to me was really really horrible that her suicide was just so very much premeditated yeah, that whole part was uh very interesting and good. Uh but it's it's like like finding out something so horrible that you just can't 
live with yourself anymore uh, is a really interesting concept that uh, it's it's almost Lovecraftian, except the monster yeah. didn't end up being an octopus. It ended up being people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emma, what about you? What's the spookiest part? Well, spookiest part. Um, see, I, I, I actually didn't really feel find this story too spooky. Um, I, like, I even like read it late at night to try and, uh, you know, <laughs> enhance. The yeah. Effect. And I'm like, I'm like always afraid. I'm afraid of everything. Everything like scares me. Um, I couldn't even watch Stranger Things alone. Um, and, and I didn't really, I mean, I, I think the concept, like, you know, like the, just like the, the whole idea of like, yes, this is a whole town that's built on sex trafficking women. And, um, like that's, that's pretty spooky. I think, but I think like the, the first moment, that I, that I was like, oh man, this is going to be a scary story. I'm excited for this. Um, was like in the first part when they first go up to the tree house on the triple tree, which is this giant elaborate tree house and the kids have to carve their names into the trunk or else they'll disappear forever. And they have to say that creepy chant and they go into the tree house and there's one room and they don't really follow up on this, but there's like this one room that like has a, this is the gateway to hell written on it, written like in on the wall something like that and i was like oh yeah it's got it's got like cool that cool kind of like oh this is the urban legend spot in town so there's like creepy graffiti on the wall type mm-hmm. of stuff um and yeah that was that was very effective mm-hmm. uh for me it was also similar the triple tree uh when Whitney disappears and they go to the tree and they see her name carved into the tree and then they hear the uh, grinding of the shiny gentleman off in the distance. Uh, that was like a very like, oh no, has she been taken by the by by the Baraska or whatever? Because uh, at that point I didn't know what was uh, actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was very effective to me. Oh, great, uh, yeah. And I think yeah. I think that's all we have to say about Baraska. Uh, So let's get into plugs. Uh, Alex, do you have anything that you would like the audience to know about or uh, where they can find you online? Um, You guys can find me on Twitter at lovelark with a C or Instagram at rose underscore lark. Uh, Emma, how about you? Any projects to promote or places that people can find you? Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm not very active on my Twitter, but um, my Twitter is daintier smarter, but written as the word dainty, the letter R, and smarter. And my Instagram, I believe, is also the same. Um, yeah, I... Uh, have a Tumblr that I don't really update that often anymore, but um, someday I will start a blog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can find me, as usual, on Twitter uh, at J3FK, Instagram and Snapchat at uh, JeffJK, um, I'd like to thank Zencaster uh, for helping me produce uh, the show with their software. Uh, this is the first time I'm using their uh, 1.0 release. You can find them at Zencaster.com, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com. Uh, and they have a free trial and also, I think, just like a, a completely free use tier. Uh, I hope so, anyway, because I'd like to keep using it. Um, and... Uh, 
that's all we have for this show. Uh, we'll end with this. Underneath the triple tree, there is a man who waits for me. Should I go or should I stay? My fate's the same either way. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you.